This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Main Street Comics and Memorabilia. Don't forget to join their poll service. There's a minimum three titles, and you've got to pick them up at least once a month. But if you do, you get 10% off store-wide. You never miss an issue. You get free copy of Diamond Previews, early access to all sales, and it's free to sign up. So go and see them, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and I got my main man, my broadcast partner, my best friend, my co-captain. There's so many adjectives to describe this man. It wouldn't be the happy hour with Johnny Deuce without Deuce. What is going on, brother? Hey, of course, uh, every episode of the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. Yeah, it does. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and of course, Deuce. Um, this is the Happy Hour, Johnny Deuce. We are a twice is. weekly podcast, and we have now eclipsed 100 episodes. We sir. are. This is episode 101. Yes, episode yeah. 101, wow. and uh, very excited. And we just want to thank everyone that's been involved mm-hmm. this past year. It's been pretty amazing. Yep. So all I'm, of our wonderful sponsors, all of our friends, all yep. of our family for helping us with all this, and also all of our friends who shared the episodes. And uh, and all of our sponsors, man, we've had some great sponsors along the way. Everybody from Sean from Sci-Fi Bartow to uh, Main Street Comics to you know now Lakeland Zombie Fest, Free Play Florida, um, Ovation, Ovation, yep. um, and also uh, Josh Bauer and the guys from Ignition Inc. Yep. I mean we've we've had a lot of had a lot of sponsors along the way. Video Games Monthly can't forget them, the fine yep. folks over there. Yep. So yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting. What are we over a year now? Over a year now. Yeah. Wow. So we've done a lot of amazing things, and we've very. It feels it feels like when we first started this podcast a year ago that it was just the two of us just talking, you know, about whatever. Comes then it up. got like way the opposite of the spectrum. Yeah, it like got it like, went, it, like we were yeah. at the interview show. Yeah, Happy like, Hour. Johnny and Deuce <laughs> presents. You know, whoever, <laughs> which is which is cool because yeah. we got we got to meet a lot of amazing people throughout the year. Yeah. I mean, look at the whole like, King of the Nerds thing. Like that was amazing. We've yeah. made some like life best friends now. With yeah, Rachelle sure. and Ori and Hamilton and um and Mike, Mike, Mike Mike and Angela. Like yeah. we made some really Anya and like all these really cool people that you know that we. Uh, you know, got really close to and stuff. And, like, this is just amazing people we got to meet because of this podcast. It's something yeah. we can come back to and look at. Oh, yeah. And big shout-out to all of you folks. Yeah. And, of course, Deuce, uh, we are going to be wrapping up our uh, – we're going to be doing a, a second mailbag episode. Right. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but go ahead and get your questions in. How can they email us? You can email us uh, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com and then just put in the subject line uh, mailbag. Also, we want to do some more Nerd Lila segments. So oh, yeah. if you want to have some questions for Nerd Lila, just go ahead and put that in the subject line. Um, so yeah, man, it's good stuff. Good stuff on the way. I'm going to give us a few seconds and let everyone at home hear this sound clip for a second. Deuce, what do you think of when you hear that sound? Man, I remember when I first got my PlayStation, my original PlayStation when I got that one, because I was a little late to the party, but, man, I I love my PlayStation. Well, if folks didn't realize, it's been 20 years since the PlayStation was released in the United States. We're actually recording on the actual anniversary date, uh, September 9th, even though the episode's coming out on Friday. Yeah. Uh, we are actually recording on the date. It's been 20 years, September 9th, 1995, Deuce. Wow. We, you and I were both 13 years old. <laughs> Crazy, right? 13-year-old yeah, kids. Minute. So when it came, when it was released. And I kind of want to go back and forth real quick about your m- memories, your first moment that you got to play the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Man, I remember, because like I said, I got kind of late to the party, so I wasn't around. Like, I didn't get it at launch or anything like that. Um my first memories were Twisted Metal. Love Twisted Metal. Um, the other thing is, and I wish they would do this again, but uh, 20th Century Fox, for some reason, did these trilogy games. And one was an Aliens trilogy. Oh, yeah. I remember it was that. Aliens 1, yep. 2, and 3. And it, each one had its own game, and it was on a disc. And then Die Hard 
had my favorite, I think, where it was Die Hard 1 was like a, a third-person shooter, and Die Hard 2 was like a game where you'd actually use like a gun and shoot at the TV, or you could move the cursor and shoot people. And then Die Hard 3, Die Hard with a Vengeance, was a, uh, a, a racing game where you were in the uh, the taxi cab, like driving around, and I loved those. Those were a lot, a lot of fun. Well, yeah, it's for me, like, I think we've t- I've told the story before about a recap for those that haven't heard. Yeah. I had a Nintendo 64. Right. And I traded my 64 in for a PlayStation. Oh, and, wow. Oh, yeah, for the original PlayStation. And obviously, I regretted that at the time because yeah. I I did miss the 64. I missed a lot of great games on the 64. I got to play, you know, at my friend's house and whatnot. But I, I was the only one that had a PlayStation. Everyone else had yeah. a 64. And I remember going to Sears on the second floor where the kids closed, they had right, the video right. games set up. And I remember seeing like a, I don't even remember what game it was. It was some sort of sports game. I don't know if it was like Madden or, or something like that. Yeah. But I saw it for the first time. I was like, oh my God, these graphics are amazing. Yeah. Blew me away. And then I, and then a guy, he flipped it on and he goes, oh, if you think this looks good, you should, you should check this out. And it was uh, Crash Bandicoot. And yeah. I go, holy crap. What is this? Because I'm used to three, you know, platformers, but 2D platformers. And I remember seeing, because back, back we had uh, Mario 64, and that was like obviously the first revolutionary game that kind of groundbreaking, you know, groundbreaking. But I was like, wow, this is, with Crash Bandicoot, I kind of felt like it was a different look, different take on the 3D platformer. Oh, yeah. And the sound, f- the and the soundtrack just blew me away. I was like, wow, the, the sounds and sound effects you can get. And the guy was telling me, you know, it's CD based, you know, and yeah. it wasn't cart based, and that was one. That's why Sony permits led they pioneered this whole movement. Yeah. Because think about it, cartridge based games that you and I both love. You yeah. and I, I know you and I have talked about this before, yeah. but I argue that the Super Nintendo is one of the best systems ever, ever made. made. Uh, so many great, huge, great library, but it's cart based. Cart based were expensive. Think about how much games games are actually cheaper now than they were back then. Oh yeah. Because games back in the day. I remember I, I told the story before, but like when I bought Final Fantasy four for the Super Nintendo, like it was like eighty five dollars. Wow. I was like I mean back then, yeah. you know, back in the nineties. So obviously with the uh, inflation and all that, you can imagine how much it would be now. But it's funny to see like that shift because they, they pretty much it was groundbreaking because yeah. they cartridges just for a cart alone, it would cost you know, from eight to twelve dollars just for a cart. Yeah. Just to get one shipped without even putting anything on it yet. Yeah, that's but just the blank card itself, all the pieces and the screws and the nuts and the bolts and all that stuff. Yeah. So PlayStation, Sony, let's well, let's rewind real quick. Because how did PlayStation come about? Because remember, Sony wanted to team with Nintendo and make a yeah. system. And th- for some reason, they didn't see eye to eye. And I, or I think it was a Philips thing where Philips came in and, and said, oh, well, we're going to make the system with the CD-ROM. And Sony yeah. goes, bye. Yeah. Bye, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> we did not plan that. Uh, but so they're like, all right, well, we don't need Nintendo, which was a bold statement. First of all, yeah. think about it. Nintendo was leading the industry, the you know, leading the industry. Yeah. They go, well, we're going to do it on our own. And they're like, we're going to we're going to make them. We're going to produce them ourselves. We're going to. Yeah. So they, they were able to get the, the manufacturing cost down to a dollar fifty for a CD-ROM. Blank CD-ROM yeah. is a dollar fifty. Think about that from eight to twelve dollars for a cart yeah. down to two to four dollars for a CD-ROM. Wow. That's nuts. That is nuts. So like think about the pa- the the cap think about the capabilities there because like you could produce games and ship them, produce them yeah. at a much lower cost, so you make a higher profit margin. Oh, yeah. For business folks at home, you know what we're talking about. So it's like it, it just made sense for but Sony was kind of like no one only, people only knew Sony for like you know TVs and, and yeah see, and like when they came on the market I was like Sony I mean they make TVs they make you know they did they did sound systems yeah. stuff like that they did uh, refrigerators like they yeah. did all kinds of weird stuff and you know it was just a Japanese based company yeah like you know and and it's not like it is now where we're all connected to the internet and we yeah. know yeah we could ship stuff import stuff back then it was like you didn't really know a lot of the Western companies that mm-hmm. was what the the big surprise of Nintendo was how successful Nintendo was here in the West because we didn't know a lot about the, the Japanese companies. No. And with Sony, they were like, hey, we're going to take what Nintendo did and just expand what, you know, what they did. And they just, for me, I felt like they put their big boy pants on. They were like, we're not, we don't care who we have to go through. We're going to yeah. go through and we're going to be number one. We're going to dominate. Yeah. And, we, and uh, no, jokes aside, we have friends that are huge fans of you know Microsoft and all the other systems and stuff like that. Right. And Deuce and I have been tagged as Sony fanboys. But f- I would say but for a good reason. Sony is, yeah. d- I, in my eyes, we'll get into the history later, 
But like, I feel like Sony really started off with a bang. Yeah. Within the first two months, or within the first six months, they sold two million units, which at that time, no one had sold consoles that fast. No. It was revolutionary. So, like, that was like an eye-opener. We're like, whoa, okay, these are actually going to move. They're going to... Because a year prior, Japan had it, and then, of course, yeah. the year later after that, uh, subsequently, U.S. had it in 1995. So it was like between the U.S. and the Japanese markets, the over 2 million consoles were sold. That's crazy. Yeah. In such a short period of time. So people were like, all right, well, the audience has spoken. They want to see what this is out. Yeah. Because right now, at that time, you, you look at what Sega was trying to do. Sega was like, all right, we're going to pull out, you know, we want to do our Sega CD because they had the Sega Saturn. Yeah. And that Sega Saturn obviously flopped. Yeah. We, you know, there was a few good games for it, but that flopped. And so for the PlayStation, a really great, you know, break ground, what they had to do is get the biggest, at that time, the biggest license was from EA. Yeah, because that was a problem with what Dreamcast got later had a problem with is they couldn't get Madden on their systems, and I hate no. to say that, but if you can get those sports games, you're gonna sports break the ground. Like you're gonna get the casual game player because think about who was playing Mario and Nintendo games back in the day. Uh, other than the moms and dads that would show their kids, a lot of it it was a very hardcore fan base yeah. that was buying these games. You you were the ones going and spending your quarters in you know yeah. in the arcades. So it wasn't like this huge casual market. Although people, I think Mario became a household name. So uh, now that Sony was like, all right, well we're selling two million units. We're really gonna rock and roll. We're we're gonna put out some amazing titles, and you look at all the imitators that came along. Let's think about those for a second. You had the Jaguar. You had the the Sony Panasonic, or not Sony. You had the. It was the Panasonic 3DO. Yeah, so you had the Panasonic 3DO. You had a lot of these quote unquote competitors that came out. That a the think about how much the systems cost. I mean, look the. Oh, that Jaguar was through the roof. It was insane, yeah. like six hundred bucks or something. Yeah, that was back in the nineties. So you had all these people that sure they technically would have a superior spec system, yeah. but. You had the cost of a PC at the time, which was really expensive. Yeah. So it was like there was there was that weird middle ground where you really couldn't figure out as a gamer who where were you going to go, and that's why Sony really led the pine they led the charge, so to speak. And think about games that came out because with the cart, you're only limited to the RAM and the read-only memory that you right. have in that cartridge. You can only do so much. You only have so much storage right. and processing power from the system for it to read. So I don't even know how many megabytes it is, but it's not very large a cart. A cart can only hold right. so much. But with a CD-ROM, yeah. you were able to hold up 700 megabytes of storage information, which doubled, tripled yeah. the amount of things you can do and put on there. Not to mention, now you and I are a big uh, No Mercy fan, and you know all yeah. that 64 has. But one of the things that made people really like the Sony versions of the 64 games was the soundtracks because you could yeah. put in like full motion video, which yeah. hadn't been done before. Duh. That was groundbreaking at the time. And they, they, I say that we're groundbreaking a lot during this episode, but it really was. Sony was groundbreaking with this. Yeah. Even if you don't like Sony or you're not a Sony, you know, you don't have a console, you have to go back and look at how Sony started this whole yeah. this ship. They they sh they wrote the ship right, and. 700 megabytes, you can have awesome full soundtracks, orchestral, whatever. You, the, the, the amount of data you can put on it was triple the amount well, of a cart. Kind of to hit what you were just saying, like the thing that really drove it home for me is when I got it, I got WCW Monday Nitro. And then it, when you got the game, yes, it didn't play like the 64 games did, which to be honest with you, I think the 64 games played a lot better. They had a lot better handling and control. But when you turned it on, it was full motion video. And then when you from a technical aspect, I, yeah. I, I liked what Sony was doing. And even though the gameplay yeah. I preferred on the 64, oh, easily, yeah, because it was easier to control. Exactly. But when you looked at it, like, oh my God, it's got their full entrance music going yep. to the ring, and it's got you know the actual like jumbotron behind them with yeah. the actual video, not just the. Because I remember, I, I want to say it was No Mercy was the one they finally introduced the jumbotrons, and they would show the first like three or four seconds yep. of an intro, and they were like screenshots basically yeah. and it was like what the fuck is this <laughs> like, what is that so it wasn't even like the full entrance yeah. so but yeah man it oh, it really it opened up a whole new world and especially because you didn't have um, carts you've got to save your game to the cart they didn't have that you had to buy the memory card that's another so, thing yeah. i didn't even really think about was this is the first time i, I compare sony what sony's done to kind of like pcs in a way because pcs have their own hard drive and you didn't really with the Sony's PlayStation, which 
the obviously abbreviations now people abbreviate the play, first PlayStation as PSX or they yeah. you know, PlayStation One, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I'll call it PSX for short. But the first PlayStation, it was just like you had the memory cards, and I remember memory cards only had eight megabytes of storage yeah. on it. So and you're then like, you finally like once it got mid life cycle, the machine they finally made like where you could buy a memory card, and it was like a two times memory. Well, card. Well, it was three get times. the official yeah. ones because yeah. I remember I got the Mad Cats ones where you had like two hundred sixty slots. Yeah, you could, it was and like you had like nuts. a little dial that you can actually switch onto yeah. the next slot. It would just erase save files. I mean, I'm Final Fantasy VII. I was going through. And it erased my whole save game save file, and I was so upset. Yeah. But uh, yeah, memory cards. Think about that. We don't really have to handle, yeah. worry about that anymore. But no. like, it was cool to kind of see that. A. What you could put on a eight megabytes nowadays standards yeah. is like that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. But back then, like to be able to store that many saved game oh, files yeah. was was awesome. I mean, you could go through and like buy several games because the problem I. The problem with the 64 is you only had so much storage space. That was it. Or you had to buy a memory card to put into your controller, controller right, to save. Yeah. Because it was just so big games got more oh, processing yeah. and more technical. They had to have more of a room to spot because they used the yeah. whole cart for the game and that yeah. necessarily had enough for th- th- to save the game. No, so. exactly. And you ran into that problem. And the cool thing was I liked with the memory card is when I went to my friend's house, I didn't have to lug all my games with me. I could just take my memory card. <laughs> I would just have to take my memory card with me, and like literally, I could go home from school, put my memory card, in the ant or the yeah, yeah, I got him. No, all I would have to do is take my memory card with me. Like I put it in my pocket, go and go play. I didn't have to lug all my carts. Oh yeah. Before that, when it was original Nintendo or Super Nintendo or even the Sega, like if I wanted to go play a game at my buddy's house, I would have to take the whole game with me. So I'd have to like pack my book bag and put my games in there and take it. But now it's like. You got your little card, and you can just roll on out. Well, I think it was cool, too, because, like, another thing that a lot of friends didn't know about, which it's known, but a lot of people didn't around my group of friends didn't know about, is it, it doubled as a CD player. Like, you could put in yeah. CDs, and it'll, it'll go to your menu, and you could play a whole soundtrack, a whole whatever, you know, yeah. your band, just album or whatever. And, like, I thought it was really cool at the time where, you know, you think about, like, CDs were making that transition from cassette tapes just yeah. two years prior. You had seen that shift, paradigm shift from cassette tapes to CDs. And it was cool to see that Sony was really, you know, they were able to read the CD-ROMs yeah. correctly for music. And I remember even, I don't know if you know this, but I remember you can do this to this day. There We might we might do a video of it just because it's stupid and funny. But uh, you can put, like, Jet Moto and put the game in. But start up the game first. Yeah. Start start up the system first, then put the game in, and you'll be able to play the soundtrack from the game oh, as wow. a playlist, oh, which wow. is weird to think about that yeah. for a second. Like th- there's music in the game, but the way they treated because it was a CD-ROM, yeah. the way they treated soundtracks was it was just a track, like it wasn't built into the into the game itself, where yeah. you know hidden away. Which now you know you have to do a, a, just go through this whole rigmarole. Like I have uh, the Splatoon soundtrack, for example. Yeah, you can't just rip that audio you have to go through the settings and go through the files and registry yeah. it's it's really hard you gotta dig for you it. have to dig for it uh and it's a lot of work to rip the, the file into an mp3 or a wave file but back then it was like you you put in a game and you could just listen to the soundtrack if you were, it had a cool soundtrack you just pop that baby in after the game's open and you could just like all right i'm gonna listen to the soundtrack That's that cool. for me that was really cool yeah. easter egg because i love game soundtracks and but let's also talk about i'm actually staring at a game right now uh legend of dragoon it is a what two or three disc game, four disc game, probably. That was the that one was one thing, thing that I was going to mention. My mind was like, you would get games and they were four discs long. I'm like, what the f- four disc? Like, I was working in the industry during the uh, I was working in industry during the uh, PS1 era, and yeah, that's what blew my mind is how many discs these games would be, especially like the JRPGs. They'd be three, four discs long, and that was that was game changer. Also, it was a game changer just because of how long games became. Because games before, a good game was maybe 20 hours. Maybe, if you were lucky. Yeah. And I'm even talking some RPGs. Like, you could probably beat Chrono Trigger in, what do you say, 30, 40 hours? Yeah. So, you know, but then you would have a game like the Final Fantasy games where you're logging in, like, hundreds well, of hours. I, let's let's, go, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. That's on Deuce's bucket list, uh, Final Fantasy VII. He has not played it yet. No. But that was like one. Of, that was what's so revolutionary about 
Final Fantasy VII was it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first where you really felt like this is a deep, meaty yeah. game. Like you spend several hours yeah. into the game, and it kind of just opened up. And that's why I always go back to the PlayStation. Like PlayStation had a lot of amazing games that came out for it. Yeah, let's talk about a game that I know Mike Mike's all about because you and him have talked about it a lot. What game was that? Metal Gear Solid. Oh, Christ. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah, he is all about Metal Gear. Yeah. And I've got to say, that was my first experience, really, with Metal Gear. And that was my first time with the PlayStation DualShock controller. That's a good point because, uh, sure, Nintendo pretty much quote unquote created the controller that was that we know of back then kind of like with the buttons and the directional pad yeah but sony permits revolutionized the way your ergonomics oh, joystick. Oh, yeah. yeah and they're the first ones to really they really do the dual analog sticks um and the it, it's just a mind-blowing just to think about like their their controller is the reason why we have controllers today yeah. sure nintendo had their little boomerang as i like to call it yeah with the one little analog stick, but Sony really, you know, innovated on that oh. premise, and just the Dual Shock was just unbelievable. Like, yeah. you didn't have to. It was one of the first controllers you didn't have to have a uh, a special rumble pack for. No, you didn't, didn't have to have anything. Batteries extra. didn't was anything in the controller ready to go because even at the time the 64, you had to put a rumble pack with inside batteries. of it with batteries to make it, you know, rumble and. And it wasn't around. all that great. No, it was pretty. Craptastic, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, I love me some Nintendo, but I was like, really? Like, this is, you know, it was a giant pain in the tuchus. Yeah. But it was already built in because I remember I bought the controller just for the game because you had the two thumbsticks, but you had to get the dual shock one to do all yeah. the extra stuff. And I bought that. And that game, man, I remember I spent like probably a whole weekend I played that old thing all the way from beginning well to it end. was the first it was the first game to really feature the dual analog sticks oh, yeah. uh, also the first game to really like the way they used the rumble like it really you felt it you felt like you were a part of the game like yeah. it truly felt like it, it, it changed the way we play games oh like, for sure because there's the part in it where I can't remember what mini boss you're fighting but it's like, oh, you can't do anything because they can read your mind. Put the controller in the second port. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So you had to unplug it out of the first port and put it in the second player yeah. controller to, like, fight yeah. this boss. And yeah. I'm like, who would have ever thought to put, you know, take your controller out and put it yeah. in the second player? It was really, really yeah. cool. Like, I, that game was so it, ahead of its time. It, was. it really was. Metal Gear Solid is one of the best games. It, it was Obviously, it doesn't look as good as you remember it because obviously no. there's been remakes and all that stuff yeah. later on. But like, it's just one of those games where, the, I, and I talked about this. We, you, me, and Mike, Mike uh, were on uh, a chat a while back. And we kind of talked about you know our favorite games or whatever. Yeah. And I, I told the story. I'll tell it again. But that moment where you're Snake, and you're in Shadow Moses, and you're crawling in the ducks, and you look down and you see this guy in a jail cell, and all of a sudden he starts having a heart attack. And the, that that dual shot controller is going with his heartbeat, and I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. And like he's having a heart attack, and 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 he's like beating profusely, and the, and the, yeah. and that controller feels like a heartbeat in your yeah. hands. Like I I just remember that, and it just like blew me away. And then once that that the the controller stopped vibrating, the guy was dead, and you felt like he was dead. Like it was like yeah. this the silence, like a visceral kind of. It moment. was yeah. very visceral, and I was just like, God. Like, it really, and obviously now, you know, kids grow up now, they don't even think about it. It's just been part yeah. of the game forever. Yeah. But, like, we saw that shift, that change. And well, it was a huge paradigm shift. I mean, it was, yeah. like, going from, you know, the Super Nintendo all the way to that, that kind of next generation of when, you know, it was, in my opinion, it was the 64 versus the PlayStation 1. Because at that point, like, Sega Saturn, like, came in on the scene for like two seconds, and then it was gone. Like yep. it, it seemed like it was less than a year when it was out, and I was like, "Well, that was the thing that, that Sony cool. found a way to make their system cheap enough and affordable enough yeah. with the CD-ROMs. The actual, like, I have an original uh, uh, PlayStation we're yeah. looking at right now in the studio, uh, and it it's small, it's lightweight, it's not heavy. It holds it up. It I mean, it still works. Like it still change. works yeah. like crazy. Like, I think my version, the version I have now, isn't the version I had back. In '97, this is the Dual Shock, the first one that was bundled with the Dual Shock. Yeah. So it came out in like the end of '97 or early '98. So like that was like the the first system that was bundled. 
But like for me, it's like it's is a classic design. The, you, even today, there's a, you hit the you open up the the top to put the disc in. Like yeah. this, there's a lot of great memories I had with it. And just let's talk about some more games because obviously people want to hear about the games. I yeah. mean, we talk about Metal Gear Solid, and we talk about you know obviously Final Fantasy, some RPGs. But you and I, Deuce, Deuce and I have a full history. Like Deuce and I have known each other for a long time, yeah. and I remember that was one of the first things that we really bonded with was video games. Because I think you let me borrow Twisted Metal, wasn't that yep. it? And yeah. I'm like, I remember playing that. And I'm like. Holy crap! A, this game is awesome. B, this game is crazy yep. violent. Like, yeah, like you think about it, like because you had violent. Nintendo, which yeah. Nintendo, for the most part, was very family. They still have always been a very family friendly, family oriented community uh, company, and so it's like this. this sure, they had some games that were violent, but they weren't really. But like when you yeah. got to the PlayStation, PlayStation was like, we're 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 putting our balls right on the front. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean. We're just, like, yeah, no, this I is agree. what we're all yeah. about. You know what I mean? And they even had campaigns. Remember that yeah. with uh, Crash Bandicoot? Yeah. Gets, like, because of the bad blood that Sony and Nintendo had, because... They were going for the throat. They were, well, and, like, Nintendo crashed. wasn't really going for the throat, but Sony was. Yeah. Sony's like, screw it. And they're yep. like, yeah, we're not Mario. Yeah, we're and not they... Your, and they we're did. not your dad's platformer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The commercials were hilarious, so look them up on YouTube if you get a chance. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, that was their, that was their like, quote-unquote mascot at the time. Obviously, I don't... I would almost say, if you think about, like, uh, Drake is kind of like the mascot, I would say now. Drake and probably Kratos would be maybe number Kratos, two. Kratos, that's a good one, yeah, actually. Like the their figurehead guy of, is probably yeah. It, it'd be one of those two. Like that's who, like the the figurehead, like the, oh, the yeah. when you think of Sony, that's like Sony, you know, PlayStation. You think of those franchises, yeah. and of course Naughty Dog. They are the ones that originally did Crash Bandicoot. And they yeah. went on to do Uncharted, Uncharted. and, and uh, The Last of Us and all that. So for me, it's like when I go through it, I'm looking at my library right now. I mean, Jet Moto, for example, when that Jet game Moto first came phenomenal. out, that game was insane. It was the future of like motorbikes. Like th- this is yeah. the way they envisioned motorbikes in the future. And, and Wipeout I, was really good too. Wipeout was yeah. f- was fucking hard. Wipeout, yeah. I I to this day I can't play Wipeout. It's just crazy hard. But it was actually one of the launch titles. Yeah, Ridge Racer. Yeah, remember Ridge Racer was yep. one. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think back because. Like I said, I didn't get it at launch. I was probably maybe a year or two late to the party, but they had some some great games. And Resident Evil was a great, great game. I mean, that's a phenomenal Evil. game. Yeah, and that was a launch title, if I remember correctly. That was like one of the first ones out the gate because I remember when I kind of got onto the scene with the PlayStation 1, it seemed like a lot of the big things with sports games were really big because Madden was doing huge at that point. Um, the wrestling games were really big. Um, I I wasn't an RPG guy like you were, but I did like the, how they put like Command and Conquer on the system, which was cool with all the full motion video. Um, that turned out really really good. Um, I'm trying to remember because I remember I loved yeah because I loved uh Metal Gear. I played the crap out of that. Um. But yeah, all the Twisted Metal titles I loved. And it seemed like each Twisted Metal got a little bit better than the last. Um, and the stories oh, yeah, were so it. good. So like Ridge Racer was one. They had, let's see here. Oh, wow, dude. So I'm looking at pictures right now because I was looking at. They had a dual joystick. Do you remember this controller? Yes, I do remember that controller, and I want to say it was for like a mech game. Yeah, or something. it was like a it was like a simulation uh, shooter, I think yeah. called Project Raiden. I think is what it's called here, and uh, yeah, that was crazy. Of course, Ridge Racer we mentioned, but Street Fighter the movie game that was a oh, launch wow. title. Think about that game for a minute. Yeah, like they were trying to capitalize, you know, on the Street Fighter NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Yeah, which they had a really game. great port yeah. from the uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, but there's tons of games, tons of games. And I, I gotta say, I think. One of the things I really liked about the PlayStation was the fighting games because by that point I had played, you know, Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2 Turbo. But, like, during the PS1 era, that thing blew up. Like, there was Street Fighter Alpha. There was Street Fighter Alpha. I mean, Street Fighters kept blowing up. And there was, like, it seemed like once a year there'd be a new Street Fighter that came out that had new characters. That I loved. Also, the Mortal Kombat. We got Mortal Kombat 3 on it, which was really good. Um, Hold on. I'm pulling the whole list up. Yeah. But, uh, no, I love Mortal Kombat 3. Um, and also, it was really cool because I didn't have a Neo Geo, so I wasn't able to play, like, the SNK fighting games. 
and a lot of the SNK fighting games made their way over to the PlayStation as well. So, I mean, I really got into the fighting game scene. Like, I was really enjoying that. And Another game that. that came out, too, was the Rayman games. The, those yeah. like, that was their, that was their ver- at the time, that was their Mario 64, because they yeah. were like, this is a 3D, you know, a th- platformer. Uh, 3D platformer. Of course, we mentioned to be a Jim Tournament Edition. Yeah. I'm looking through the list here. Total Eclipse Turbo NHL Face Off, which was yeah. actually a really awesome. Uh, it showed hockey game. Hockey game. It really showed sports and like what the like the future of sports games. Right. It looked really great, and of course we mentioned Wipeout. But so I mean, it had a decent launch. This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by Video Games Monthly. Video Games Monthly is a monthly subscription service that delivers retro video games right to your door. VGM is a must for gamers who own classic gaming systems from the 80s to the 2000s. VGM offers 3, 4, and even 10 game subscriptions for the NES, SNES, Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, and now both Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And best of all, you keep the games. Every month, they send out a variety of well-known retro favorites and the unique ones to make sure you consistently get a well-rounded gaming experience. Take a look at their website at www.videogamesmonthly.com to sign up for a monthly variety of retro video games. And remember to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with, with Johnny and Deuce sent you. And they they did really good because they were in bed with EA pretty well. And, you know, you got your Madden, you got your NBA Live. But back in back the day, then, you, yeah. you Madden didn't own it, everything. So, like, no, you had NFL Game Day, which was oh, an awesome well, That was series. made by 989 Studios, yep. which is awesome because they did not only NFL Siphon Game Day. Siphon Filter. They did they Siphon, did Siphon Fil- Filter. Which is another series, which like, is great. All the major franchises, like they did MLB. Uh, they did uh, NHL. They did like every nine eight nine studios had a game awesome, for pretty much every. St- they were an awesome studio. Yeah. They did some really good. And I games. love Game Day. I think Game Day during those game years. Game Day ninety nine with yeah. was it the running back from Denver Broncos, Ter- Terrell Owen- Davis Owens? Yeah, like one of those two. Yeah, he he was on the cover. And I remember like going this year. Game Day beat Madden. I was yeah. like for the first time ever. I was like because for all these years I was playing. I was playing Madden, Madden yeah. uh, on Super Nintendo all these yeah. years. And then it was like when the CD-ROM version, you know, when Sony came out, I was yeah. like, "All right." And then I was playing; it was it was improved, it was good. Yeah. And then when Game Day '99 came out, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, you know. And then 2K games came out. 2K those games came really out. Really blew yeah. up. Yeah, and, so it was really yeah. cool to see like there's all this competition. Man, we need to bring that back because at one point you could, guys, you don't understand. Back yep. in the day, your choices were Madden, Game Day, or 2K. So you had three different football yep. games you could choose from. And each one had their kind of own pluses and minuses. And now it's Madden. That's all it is. All to what, 2020 or something? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, oh, you mean how long do they have the contract for? Yeah. I think it's another like three or four years, yeah. I think. But it's, you know, that and we had amazing college football games back then because that was back when you could still make college football games before all this bullshit. So between, you know, you know, awesome 3D platformers and yeah. RPGs and sports games and fighting games. I oh, and the shooting games, because I remember I got Time Cop, or not oh. Time Cop, uh, Time Crisis for it. And it came, like, I got a box, and it came with the gun, and yeah. you hooked the gun up to it and everything. Dude, that thing was baller. That yeah. was the closest I think I to ever arcade. felt like to the I, arcade. I yep. came to arcade. Because yep. it played and looked just like it, it did great. in the arcade yeah. in the house. Yeah, so like from a technical aspect, Sony was just knocking it out of the park with their PlayStation, and the fact that CD-ROM sales went up, the cost of because the production of CD-ROMs you could buy in bulk. So like yeah. Sony, like I said, was able to get down their CD-ROMs down to a dollar fifty a CD, which is crazy. Because one of the first things that the PlayStation did, which no other system had done before, was the Greatest Hits collection. Like yep, nobody had done greatest hits, and then they came out with the greatest hits collection, where you could get a brand new game for twenty bucks, which was huge back in the day, because you were paying like you know fifty bucks for a game. Yep. It was like, oh wow, you know, I can buy a greatest hits game for twenty bucks, and they're still great games. Yeah, it was, it, and 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 you'll see, I have like some of my collection yeah. has it, and it's it, it's got a green little label or whatever, t- yeah. replaces the black label, and like a lot of the games, the, the main reason these were popular was because a lot of the games they. Sony underestimated how many copies were going to sell, and they yeah. sell like crazy, and they couldn't reprint them, so they yeah. decided to do the greatest hits versions to come out. Uh, so it's like that's why the black label PlayStation games are a lot more expensive, worth oh, more. Yeah. The value, the intrinsic value of the black label games are much higher 
than the green label ones uh, yeah. just because of the number of copies Which that came I out. Word on the street, I had heard that they're still making Greatest Hits games. For the greatest PS1. Hits they are. Yeah. yeah, like you can still buy Greatest Hits games. Not black label, yeah. though. Sony, Sony doesn't let you do that. Yeah. I mean, legally you can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy to me just to think about the era we were back in 1997. Before, I mean, think about it. It's right before we go, we went. You and I went into high school. We're yeah. still in middle school. We're 13 years old, and just to see kind of like that shift of technology. Because oh, Sony, yeah. I mean, Sony was taking the ball and running with it because they, you know, they're known for their televisions, some of their electronics and sound yeah. systems. But now they were entering the video game space, Ooh. and they were dominating. And for me, it's like when I, you know you go fast forward. You look at what they did with the PlayStation 2. Yeah. The PlayStation 2 is still the, the most the highest grossing selling system of all time. They for me it felt like Sony was jumping in with a console right at the perfect time. Like yeah. it was almost like they were told the future. Like Nostradamus came yeah. to them and was like, "Hey, release your systems at this point. Put these types in. Think yeah. about it. You had a CD-ROM player in the PlayStation One. You had a DVD player, in PlayStation, PlayStation 2, Two, which sold a lot of units. Well, tons that's of almost units. like the PlayStation Three because the PlayStation Three had a Blu-ray player. Right. They and were that was the whole reason I bought it. Cause it Same was like, here. Look, I can either buy a Blu-ray player or if I spend a hundred more dollars, right. I can get a PS3 and play games. I'm like, I'm getting a PS3. Uh, so they hit every graphical and technical change. They were they were the first they were ones ahead in of the there. Curve, yeah. They were ahead of the curb, and like it was amazing just to see kind of like. How, like I said, they had to have someone like they were the perfect timing on that, and the system. Oh, well, PlayStation Three was kind of a, a weird launch. The five ninety nine US dollars. We all know about that. Well, they. I think what happened they, was with that. It they was, got a little they, too cocky. They got a little too cocky, and the price point was way too high because, like, when the systems were coming out, I'm like, "Fuck that! I ain't gonna." That's the reason why that generation I got my Xbox three sixty because I had had a PS two, then I got an Xbox original. And I was like, well, let me see. And then I saw how high the PS3 was. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And then the, I want to say the Xbox was like 400 bucks. I think so, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I can afford this. Let me do this one. And I traded in my PS2, my Xbox One, all my games and everything, and got my 360. And I just never looked back after that. Well, one thing that we, we failed to mention is the fact that if memory serves, yes, the PlayStation 2 was the very first system to ever offer its backwards compatibility. No other system yes, has ever done that before. you could put your PlayStation 1 games in there and it was, play them. And it yep. had a memory card reader. It yep. had everything. Your controller would still work. Yep. So it was the first system to ever go, hey, this is what backwards compatibility is all about. This is what you yeah. can do. It rewarded people that bought all those games and all, this, yeah. you know, all those uh, it controllers. Would it would still work. And that, at the time, it was mind-blowing because yeah. it gave you an incentive to go ahead, all right, I'm going to buy. Why yeah. should you buy a PlayStation 2? A, well, because got the, all your PlayStation 1 stuff will work. Yep. Yeah. And your DVD player to throw it in there. And so, like... Sony really had. I, I know this is kind of like we're glorifying everything Sony's done. Well, it's the 20th anniversary. It's it is, to, yeah, to yeah, show out it a is. Bit on yeah, the anniversary. yeah. So I mean, but I mean, yeah, it was such a great system, and I remember I I loved mine. I mean, I really loved my 64 too, but I had a lot of fun playing it. And I think as I got older, I appreciated it more because that was my system pretty much all through high school. Because I didn't get my PS2 until I went to college. So all through high school, that and that's what we played like NBA Live on. We oh played my god! Shit ton of NBA Tons Live of and uh, Madden and all that. Well, we stuff. had a club. We had a club in um, high school called the the Sore Thumbs Club. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah right. Our good friend um, Shane Rocker, who was our teacher at the time. Yeah. Big shout out to him because yeah. we 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 had the choice because it was in high school. You're we like, all right, you can. There's like 20 different clubs you can join, and we had to choose one. I remember that was the deal. It was like you had to choose one. And it was like <laughs> once a month we had the club or something. Yeah, it was like once a month yeah. or twice a month, something like that. And and the, he goes up to me because, hey, Johnny, uh, I know you like video games. Do you think if I made a club that people can bring their systems and we have like 20 TVs hooked up in there, yeah. like we we would do well? And I'm like, yeah. Do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. You know, and this was like 98, 99, you know, 99, yeah. I think. And he's like, all right, well, we're going to do the Sore Thumbs Club. And I'm like, yeah. that's a perfect name, first yeah. of all. Because if you all know playing video games, like your thumbs do get sore after a while. Yeah. Especially with the directional pad. Oh, you yeah. don't have as much issues now with the with the uh, analog sticks because no, they're smooth used to. back in the day. Tim For our good buddy Tim Ford, whose wife, uh, Christina, who's got the amazing uh, a cake company. Um, yeah. Sugar and Slice Sugar Bakery. Sugar and Slice Bakery. Thank you, because I was brain farting. Um, yeah, like he was in the club with us, because I remember 
played a lot of Madden. It was mostly always. It was all sports. Was yeah. It was sports and like wrestling games because yeah. like that was what everyone wanted to play. They wanted to play Madden. They wanted to play NBA. Back when NBA Live was the king the, of NBA yeah, games. Yeah, NBA Live was the basketball game. Yeah. There wasn't anything. I mean, there were other video game games being made, but Live was. NBA it. Live was the yeah. shit. Yeah, like everyone was like, they set the bar so high. Um, yeah, because back then EA had the lock on everything. They had the lock on football. They had the lock on. Uh, you know the basketball games; they had everything. NHL, they yeah. had it all. So like they were, they were doing everything under the sun. And they were also think about yeah. too, EA was the first pioneers. Obviously, it's maligned now, but like yeah. the Tiger Woods games were on PS One first. Oh yeah, those games really did well on PS One, oh, PS Two. Yeah. Because that was when Tiger Woods like just hit. The he scene just hit it. I yeah. remember like they were saying, "Oh, this Tiger Woods game's coming out." I'm like, Tiger Woods, what the hell? And then I like, didn't know much about and then golf. a year later, he like he won the Green Jacket in the Masters or yeah, whatever. And I was and like, then oh from shit, then on, it's this kid's like, legit. Yeah, you know, it's you know, it's going to be the Tiger Woods game. Until now, I, now I don't even think Tiger Woods' name's no, on the game. I it's think like it's just some PGA. some other. And I heard, oh, it, it? I heard it's just like, like Roy McIlroy maybe. Or yeah, something? I it, it heard it's like flops. Yeah. Like it's not good. Because thinking about just playing it needs to be Bubba Watson. That's what you need to make Bubba Watson's PGA Tour Waffle House special. But also, I had I had fond memories of playing NASCAR games because I remember oh, yeah. NASCAR, man. Like NASCAR was also an EA product. Like, yeah, it, and it, the NASCAR games were amazing. Yep. EA did, and that's the sad thing. Right now, I don't think anybody has a NASCAR license. They tried one like a couple years ago. I think PlayStation they? Three and Three Hundred and Sixty both tried it. It didn't and sell. Just shit the bed. It didn't sell at all. Like I think like ten thousand copies. Like well, it was hilarious. Because who are you marketing to now? Yeah, like the the East. Over there in Europe and all that, in Japan, they're not playing NASCAR games. They don't no, watch NASCAR. No. The NASCAR is only for the United States, and even then, as much as I hate to say it, it's probably more the Southern United well, States. Well, it is now. But back, yeah. back, think about where sports was back in the '90s. Like everyone was watching sports. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like a niche group of people. No, like, not everyone at all. was turning on their televisions. Well, see, I loved it. Now this may lean more to the PlayStation Two than PlayStation One, but my thing was every year I would get the brand new. WWF game when it came out. Warzone was uh, yeah. the first one. Uh, WWF Warzone was the very first uh, PlayStation One game. Yeah. I remember. Let me tell this story real quick. Okay. Hold your keep your thoughts on that. What you're about to say, but I remember going to Electronic Boutique at the time. Yeah. It wasn't. It old wasn't EB. game. Good old EB. And there was another company called Babbages or Baggages or something Babbages. like that. Babbages. Yeah, right. yeah. And they were like always like one in, one up in each other. So they would be like, all right, well if you if you pre-order our game here, because folks pre-ordering has been going on forever, not just yeah, the last yeah. decade. Don't think this pre-ordering shit's new. Like no. it used to be like back in the day for PS1 games. Like if you pre-order this WWF game, get you get strategy. a free Stone Cold hat. Yep, or, or a strategy yeah, guide yeah. or whatever. And so, like, I remember Babbage's was like, hey, uh, we don't have a pre-order bonus uh, for WWF Warzone. And, and EB goes, hey, we'll throw in the game. We'll go, we'll throw in the uh, the strategy guide. Plus, we'll give you, like, Stone Cold tattoos. Just, you know, ro- removable yeah, ones. Yeah, removable tattoos. And you get a code for, like, a free skin. I was like, fuck, yeah. I'm going to go for that. It was the same price, too. Yeah. And uh, so, I remember getting it. I feel like it was yesterday. It was the Eagle Ridge Mall. You remember the Eagle Ridge yeah, Mall? Yeah, I do remember. Well, no, no, <laughs> it must have been. Winter Haven Mall, right? It would have to have been Winter Haven because Winter the, Haven the, Mall. the Eagle Ridge Mall. I Never mean, had we, Babbage's. Eagle Ridge was the Eagle new mall. Eagle Ridge was the new mall. Right. But it only had EB Games. It, only it had didn't EB. have a BF. So, yeah. So, it was so it was, it was that a Lakeland Mall. No, Winter Haven Mall. Okay. It was Winter Haven Mall, I remember, back when Winter Haven had a mall. And yeah. I remember going in there, and it wasn't a huge line, but they had – I saw it. Because this is back during the Attitude Era, yeah. folks. So, like, this was huge. Like, yeah. this was a big deal. And I remember one of the things that I was so excited about was the fact that, and this is stupid now, but like yeah. the fact that they actually used the clips, like when someone would get hit, you would hear Stone Cold grunt yeah. and like you know say things. Stone it was cold. actually Stone yeah. Cold. Like they brought him in the studio, motion yeah. captured them and all that stuff, and they would do like these little awesome cutscenes and whatnot. And that was one of my, that's one of my favorite things about wrestling games is the opening cinematics, like oh, the, yeah. right before you start the game, like just even Warzone, like yeah. WrestleMania 2000 have these awesome like introduction videos. I love watching those. They just always get me hyped for the game, you yeah. know? Uh, same thing with uh, WCBD Nitro and Thunder and all these other games yeah. that came out. They're really, really cool with the cinematics. But I remember going and I'm like, all right, I'm here. I pre-ordered it. Yeah. And he goes, all right, here's, he gave me like this huge box. Like, all right, so here's all, here's the, this, Here's the uh, tattoos and here's the other stuff and, and like, he's just throwing it all. You go, oh, you want a poster? Like yeah. they were just giving stuff away and yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And I remember getting it and and I had to wait, I guess, because my dad had dropped me off yeah. and that's back when I didn't have a car. Yeah. 
and had to wait. So I was sitting here. And I remember back then where games had strategy. I actually had like a manual instruction manual. Yeah, it had a normal instruction. And one of the manual. cool things you would yeah. do was you you could you, open it, open and it, see what all the menus. And they would were, actually tell yeah. you things like this is the control options. Like you would almost yeah. kind of pre-plan what you're going to do before yeah. you get home. And I remember the guy when what really sold me on getting the the set the strategy guide because WWF Warzone was the first game that really had like like crazy finishing because like it was yeah. like Mortal Kombat size like button yeah. inputs for finishing maneuvers. oh yeah it was so you stupid. had to have a strategy yeah. guy because you weren't connected to the internet like you are now you yeah. didn't have a game facts where you can go in and be like all right what's the yeah how do you do stone cold's finisher like deuce and i no true story yeah. when we rebought our uh 64s and we bought no mercy like we were like oh, how do you do finishers oh we go into game we had facts to go to game facts Boop. and look it up but you could do god, it god game facts is there to tell us for games at all because yep. i was like is game facts even gonna have yeah. a game from like it's 64, yep. and I was like, oh, shit, they've even got, like, original Nintendo games yep. on here. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, which, thank God, they've been a life send with Video Games Monthly, sending yep. us all those, you know, yep. retro games. We're able to go stuff. back and look at some strategy yeah, guys and look and it stuff. up, because it's really, really you get cool. a game from them, and you're like, oh, I forgot how to play this, or I forgot the move, and you can you can find it. But, uh, yeah, that was... That was good, but yeah, back in the day, you had to have strategy guides. Well, that was the thing was it was a big deal, like because you you weren't connected, and that's the thing is, like my son's never gonna know that he's always gonna have a way to access information about what he wants. And back in the day, you, it was almost a requirement, especially with RPGs. I remember oh, yeah. buying Final Fantasy X, and I, I bought the strategy guide right with it, because I was like, all right, I gotta have to buy the strategy guide because I don't, I mean, if I get stuck on a boss, yeah, you, well, the thing is, you didn't have money, expendable income like you do now yeah. as an adult. So, like, if your parents bought you a game, that's your game for three, four months. Yeah. Play it till it's you're blue in the face. Because yeah. and so you like you want to make sure you get investment on your game. Like, oh, all right, yeah, I'm not gonna get stuck on a game two hours in. You know what I mean? Because like, because then if you do, then you're stuck. And yep. that was the thing. Like, it, it was weird. At least here locally, I can't. You might be able to tell me better, but like, Super Nintendo era, you could rent games. Super Nintendo era, you could rent games in Sega. But once it got around like sixty four. PlayStation 1 era, it got, like, tough to rent games. Well, let me tell you a story. Okay. That is true. And that's what I love about this, Deuce. Like, we're, we're throwing it way back, the way yeah. back machine here. But there was a back when we moved back to Davenport, Florida. Um, my, my dad changed jobs a lot. But we finally moved back to Polk County, where obviously I've been here ever since. Yeah. But uh, there was a place off of Bay Street next to the gas station that's near the railroad tracks uh, in downtown Davenport. There was I a exactly video form sweet yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah, you heard that place. I know exactly yep. where you're talking yep. about because it was like the only place, place that, that had, would have like, all the updated. video games. Yeah, it was like it had like all the new launch, the releases. Yeah. and I remember the guy was like, "Yeah, we're having issues getting uh, 64 games in just because of the cost of them, the shipping them to them." And they were like, "We don't know if we're going to be getting in CD-ROM games," but he ended up getting CD-ROM games later yeah. on. But the problem is, is obviously that's one of the things. That's problematic about CD-ROM video games. Yeah. It's like the protection of they them. They scratch like, so easily. Especially the PS1 CD-ROM oh, doesn't have yeah. the same layer protection that PS2, the Dude. DVD, and Blu-rays do. Like you could scratch a Blu-ray and still play perfectly. Yeah. But like the CD-ROM, like we all know the problem of listening to a soundtrack in the car. Yeah. Your CD is perfect, but there's something on it that you can't find to clean it yeah. or whatever. You, you know, obviously they came out with clean screen uh, CD cleaners later yeah. on, but. It was like that was a problem. Is like you go through a cutscene in an RPG and it'd be like, uh, like yeah. stuttering, and you're just like the worst feeling in the world. You're like, oh no! And the CDs, yeah. even brand new games sometimes just weren't uh, weren't installed correctly on the disc. Yeah. So like when you got it, there was like little bugs and glitches yeah. and errors there that you. And it's not like nowadays when you get a game and you put it in and there's like a day one patch, patch that'll yep. fix stuff. It was on the disc, and yep. whatever was on the disc was on the that's disc, it. and that's it. Yep. So you didn't have any of those patches. But, but yeah, I remember. I know exactly. Video like, Forbes Street Shop. Remember they had exactly a, they had like a bakery yeah. next to it, and it was uh, it was cool. And like, and even if you go down uh, to Bay Street where that gas station is, this big gray building, you can still, sign still you can still see like a yeah. fade of the sign there, yeah. like. It's like it's, it's still there. And I remember. I think there's a fade of like the Nintendo logo used to have somewhere. I think he. I can't remember if he repaired Nintendos or if he just sold a lot of Nintendo games. He did but, sell a lot, but yeah. But I'm, I love it because his, uh, I mean, back, obviously once Blockbuster took over the oh, industry, because yeah. we're talking, this was like early midnight. No, this has been ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember we had that, and we had had 
at least once you got up by now this is where the original Walmart was there was that oh, movie gallery wait, yeah yep, yeah movie gallery and would have they it. had they had they had the Nintendo and then they did the Super Nintendo and was, then it was like I don't remember I think it was them having, like having else. many PlayStation games I think no. they might have given up so yeah that that shop is awesome and and like I I think dude like he repaired games and he, he was a gamer I himself think he was wasn't a he gamer himself and just because I remember like it, even though I'd have to drive further to get out here and sometimes it was a little bit more of a come on mom can we go a little bit further he, I could get better yeah. games if it yep. came out this far because movie gallery like they had a handful and we didn't have blockbuster back then we didn't get blockbuster I think Winterhaven got one maybe late 90s, like right. 98, 99. I think so, yeah. So, and by that time I could drive. And by that time I was like, well, screw it. I can just go wherever I want to rent a game at that point. But also at that point I had my own job. So, yeah. you know, that changed A little bit different, yeah. yeah. But, like, the guy, it was cool because, like, when Blockbuster really started, like you said, start resurging later on. Yeah. Like, Blockbuster was actually a really cool place to, I mean, I mean, you and I both worked there. We told our stories. Yeah. But, like, it was a really cool place to go to when you wanted to look at games because they had the biggest library of games. Oh, yeah. Like, it was stupid how much games they had. And the only thing I can think is Blockbuster, in my opinion, had to have made a deal with Nintendo and Sony. Been like, hey, we're going to buy X amount of every single game, but you got to keep us in stock. And, like, we need to be able to send them back so you can refurbish them if they – Think about it. I mean, little. How many people getting, touch those CDs, especially? Oh my God, everybody and their yeah. brother. Like it was stupid. So, because um, I remember when we first got the PS2 games and like how that blew my mind. It was like, wow, we've got actually PS2 games now. Like, I don't know. That whole thing was kind of nutty, but the the. the but also, renting games was expensive too. Yeah, it was like eight bucks a week. Yeah, it was because you used to do it back then by the week. You get right. rent a video game for seven days, but it was like eight, ten bucks. But I loved it back in the day. You could renew over the phone. Like my dad would be like, yeah, my son's going to keep this game for another week. All right, Mr. Womack, we'll just charge your card one more. And I'm like, oh, it was so yeah. easy. Like you could get games for weeks. And I remember yeah. before I actually bought, because I didn't buy Final Fantasy VII until later because I, I just rented it for like a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, my dad was like, all right, you can rent this for a month. And if you like it, we'll buy it for you. Because yeah, he's like, after that, like putting the month. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we might as well just buy it, right? Yeah. So it was like, so we're going through, and, and my sister and I would play that game a lot and stuff. But, like, it was just fascinating to see kind of – because we're talking about PlayStation and, like, right. the, you know, the way things were back then. But just think about, you know, we're talking – we've mentioned the word groundbreaking a lot. We, we, we've mentioned the phrase paradigm shift. Yeah. Like, Sony's PlayStation was groundbreaking. It's done so many amazing things with the controller, with the optical, you know, CD-ROM di- – the CD-ROM disc. And just the way you do cutscenes, a full motion video, and audio, and just like the the memory cards, all these things that Sony did, it was, I mean, they deserve the praise they get. You know, despite if you're a fan or not, you have to appreciate yeah. what Sony did. And of course, it came in the stateside September 9th, nineteen ninety five, and obviously Crash Bandicoot and all these amazing games came out, and they kind of just changed the map for video games and really made the in, you know industry. There was a lot of imitators, Deuce, but yeah. Sony. Wave, you know, went through the waters and and battled the waters and storms, and they came through. And you look at them now; they're they're on pace to beat the PS2. I mean, the, they, there's what 28 million un- or something close to like that. 28 million units of the PS4 have been oh, sold. Yeah. So it's crazy just to see kind of like gaming console gaming is not dead; it is still alive. Oh, and it's kicking. alive and well. And these people that keep saying, "Oh, PC gaming, PC gaming," I'm like, look, people PC can't game? afford PC uh, rigs, like. Somebody the other day was telling me, he's like, oh, I got this new PC rig. I'm like, awesome. How much was it? And he was like, it was like a grand. And I'm like, fuck that. I can spend $400, get a PS4. And also, Any game I get plays like a champ on it. And but I also you know. feel like it's the whole quote-unquote PC master race. Like a lot of oh, people just yeah. grew up with PC, and yeah. that's all they know. Yeah. And they and they prefer that. And that's no, no, no offense people that prefer yeah. it. Like our friend Marcus Cleveland has been on the show several times. You know, he, he prefers PC. He just he grew up with yeah. PC. He loves PC. Uh, he play, he has consoles as well, but yeah. like like that's his preferred s- system. Um, but I do agree with you because I remember back in the day, '95 is like PCs were crazy. Well, see, and that was the thing at the time. I was big PC gaming, and that's why I didn't get so. I mean, I still love my PS One, and I got a lot of use out of it. 
But I was playing a lot of PC games, and then after about two years, I hit a wall where every time I got a game, it was like, you've got to upgrade something. Download like, DirectX 12 or whatever. It wasn't even that. It was like, oh, you need a better sound card. Yeah, you you, even at the low, you'd have to yeah. run games at the lowest settings, and even then it was chugging along. Oh, yeah, yeah. and it was, yeah, it was like, no, I'm not doing this. So then that's when I really got into consoles heavy because I, I just said, I was like, look, I'm sick and tired. Every time I, I go to buy a game, I've got to read the spec list with like a fine tooth comb to make sure it works because back then people didn't have the return policies that they've got now where you could just return it for whatever. If it's like I took it home and it didn't install and I'm like, look, you know, I don't have the right video card or whatever. It's not going to work. You were playing, ru- yeah. like you said, you are playing, you're, you're Russian, pl- Russian roulette. roulette. What you were doing. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, you didn't know what was going to happen. And even, yeah. even back in the day when you bought games on PC, they had the big box and they'd have the specs, but not all yeah. the times they would be correct. Yeah. It's like and you get it home. You get it home, and all the specs were correct, and it still would just shit the yeah. bed for that, whatever. That, I remember the first system. Not that we're going on a PC uh, memory, but I remember you know, being a huge Star Wars fan. I was uh, playing Dark Forces. I couldn't play it on my computer. Like I was so sad because I'd yeah. played Rebel Salt one and two on there perfectly. Yeah. A year later, Dark Forces come out and it was like, no, you need to upgrade your memory and you need yeah. to upgrade your processing. Your video card's outdated. Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah, I was like, it. screw yeah. that. Yeah, so I didn't end up buying a new PC. You know, a couple, two or three years later. But so Deuce, I mean, it's been an hour. We've talked about the PlayStation. It's been 20 years. You know, we were 13 years old, and you know, we're, you know, 33 years old now, and like, yeah. it's crazy to kind of see like. Yeah. Where we are, we're still playing video games. Like it's not just a fad that you and I went through. No, like, and I think I think a lot of yeah. parents thought it would be. Oh, definitely. Because I remember, like, when I got my first Nintendo, my parents were like, "Oh, this is just gonna be a fad. Like, this is gonna be a stage." And then, like, I had to buy my Super Nintendo with my own money. And even then, they were like, "Oh, this is gonna be a stage." And now they know, like, I'm a gamer for life. And I think a lot of people now are gamers for life. They start when they were young, and now gamers are passing on to the kids. Like. Prime example with you showing like your old games to your son now. Yeah, like he knows how like to play Mario and yeah, like he and uh, Sonic. He Sonic, likes Sonic and, he, and Kirby. He's Kirby's a simple game for him to understand, and yeah. and he's also done a really good job of transitioning into newer games like Minecraft. Like he's yeah. a Minecraft addict. Like he loves Minecraft, and like he's able to. Well, I, I told Brandy, my wife, I said, once they understand how to use a controller, it's it. It's over. Yeah, it's game over at that point. And yeah. think about it. He's learning with the dual analog stick controller, yeah. so it's a little bit more challenging for little hands. Yeah. Like, that was one thing that, you know, you and I don't really think about anymore, but imagine how tiny the NES controller was, how easy it was for little hands. Yeah. And that was a thing that I was – it dawned on me, you know, dual analog sticks – are very difficult for kids. That's why, like, the touch tablet stuff is so easy for kids. They want to yeah. play mobile games because they don't have to worry about, you know, the they configuration. Just the and tell the yeah, to so do if you can, want. if your kid can learn on dual analog stick, then he can play any controller, and he's yeah. good to go. And now my son has had a – and this is the thing you know, you'll appreciate, especially in a game like Minecraft or any sort of first-person game. You, ha- yeah. you have your forward and back, left to right, and then you have your directional, like your mm-hmm. view, your eye view. And that's the hardest part for kids to understand is that right stick, knowing that you have to they, – they know how to go forward and backwards and turn around, but, like, yeah. using your eye, your vision, your right stick, so to speak, to mm-hmm. look up and down, that's very difficult for kids to grasp. Yeah. They don't understand, like, all right, if you go forward and you want to go look up to the left, you can't just turn your stick. You have to use the right stick to look up. Oh, so, okay. like, once they understand that and grasp it like he has yeah. – like, I asked him the other day when he was playing Minecraft because he doesn't touch the right stick a lot because mm. he's just straight ahead. I said, Logan, w- can you look up to the sky? I asked him that, and he flips the stick up immediately. It's already, he already has muscle memory, and he's five years old. It's oh, wow. crazy. So, like, it's – and he – obviously, I also – one thing that I thought was really cool was, was like, you know, he he's five years old, and he – and on the PlayStation, you have shapes instead of A, B, C, or whatever, oh, X yeah, and Y. Yeah. So, like, he has, like, s- you know, triangle and square and circle and X, which has become the – the logos for the PlayStation brand, essentially, yeah. all these years later, it's still on there. Even the, even the PlayStation Four has those those uh, shapes on it. And so, like, I'd be like, th- it was a great way to teach him how to play games. Like, Logan, you need to hit the X button yeah. to, to jump or whatever. And he could see clearly that it was an X there. Yeah. So it was a really cool way to teach him how to play games. In that aspect. also is probably a good way to help him learn shapes and shit. Yeah, too. it was really yeah. really cool. So, 
it's just for someone like like me that is a parent, it's kind of cool to kind of see, you know, how quickly he's picked up on that stuff. And think about how te- how much technology is around kids nowadays as oh opposed yeah. to us. You know, we a lot growing up, we went outside to play. We didn't have we, we had to use our imagination. We did free range parenting is yep. what we did. Yep. Yeah. Be be back by the lights turn on or yeah. whatever it was, you know. Be back by seven for dinner. Yep. And it was like, and even then, you, during the summer months, you could go out for a couple more hours until yep. it got like really dark. But yeah. You can't do shit like that now no, with kids. No, yeah. But Deuce, like, so th- it's been an awesome ride. Sony, you know, their PlayStation was released September 5th, 1995. We shared some awesome memories. Yeah, We kind of went way back. We were kind of talking about the history of PlayStation, but, like, it's just the brand, that legacy. We're still fans today. We've, between Deuce and I, we've owned every iteration of the PlayStation, and, like, we, we love it. We can't wait to see what Sony does next, so... We just want to say thank you, Sony. Yeah, definitely, man. And we, you know, big fan, big supporters. And if you are listening and you've never played any of the PlayStation One games and don't own them, the nice thing about PS Two is that they are backwards compatible. So if you can't find an original PlayStation, pick yourself up a PlayStation Two. Oh, those are things that are like you can fifty throw to sixty a rock. bucks, yeah. right? Dirt cheap, and it'll also play, you know, your PlayStation One games. So definitely check it out. Yeah. We recommend it. And this has been our look. can say that this has been our look back at 20 years of the playstation and johnny how do they find the happy hour with johnny and deuce on all your social media platforms well deuce if you liked us please give us a five-star review on itunes and on stitcher because people want we want to know what you think we want to yep. know how we're doing you know 100 episodes later yeah we want to know what you guys think you oh know? yeah any uh, thoughts and ideas you have you know Send them our way. We have, we have a future mailbag episode, hhpodcastshow at gmod.com. Yep. We're on all the Facebooks, the Twitters, facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. At hhpodcastshow on the Twitter machine. And also on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there's three hashtags. Traceways. You need to put us in. Hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag hhpodcastshow, and hashtag deuces, deuces on, on the, the loose. loose. Later. See ya.